Welcome to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ears. I'm Jared Walls, associate producer and Starista's creative copy manager. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders to get their take on the current challenges of the market, but also have a little fun along the way. In this episode, VP of B2B products, Vincent Petrofessa, and CEO AJ Gupta talk with Andy Keith, CEO of Multiview. Andy shares the story of his quick rise within the company, explains why you can't come back from bad data, and how haircut tutorials maintain company morale. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, it is so good to be here. Welcome to another episode of The Marketing Stir. I, of course, am one of your hosts, Vincent Petrofessa, the Vice President of B2B Products here at Starista, live from New York City. And with me, as always, is my captain. I call him Captain. He's my CEO, my co-host, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's going on, AJ? I am pretty happy right now, Vincent. We just acquired a BSP last night, and uh, we have uh, about a a couple of weeks to close the deal. We are under an exclusive contract now, so we'll have a lot more to share with our viewers, but I am pretty excited that we'll be uh, proud owners of the BSP scene. I love it. I love it. How often could you say it's kind of like a new... It's it's like you're, it's something new. It's something fresh. It's like, oh, what'd you do today? Well, I bought a shirt. Oh, I just acquired a DSP. Love it. Uh, that's going to be tremendously helpful, especially based on all the all the great work we're doing in the programmatic space. So love to hear that. Nice little announcement on a Friday. You've heard it here first on the Marketing Stir. So love that announcement. How's life, AJ? How, how's everything been in San Antonio? You've been going out to the restaurants, getting a haircut. What have you been doing? I have not ventured out too much. The only time I went out was earlier this week, and I got caught in a hailstorm, and that's in May in San Antonio. So believe it or not, I was uh, stuck near the tennis courts for a good two hours in hailstorm. So, but I, uh, I in my car survived. AJ, of course. Uh, an amateur uh, pro-am almost, if you will, tennis player, you know, avid tennis player and ping pong player. We had the pleasure of playing each other at our holiday party. I won't bring that up again because uh, it was quite an upset on my end, but we will talk about that another time. I don't like to get them going, especially after our great DSP news there. I know, I was in a good mood. Now you you just ruined my mood. I just ruined the mood. Yeah, I, I'm, the, you know, I'm the buzzkill. That's what people describe me as. You know, as happy as I seem, I often am the buzzkill for a lot of people. But uh, yeah, got a way to bring your mood back. We've got an amazing guest today. Very to have, very happy to have this guest on. He's also based in Texas. I'd love to welcome to the marketing stir the CEO of Multiview. Let's give a warm welcome to Mr. Andy Keith. What's going on, Andy? Hey, Vincent. Thanks for having me. So I'm excited to be here and and speak with you and AJ. Uh, I'm certainly going to want to learn a little bit more about the ping pong match that's taking place, but we'll do that (laughs) at a later later time. Um, 
but no, really glad to, to be here with you all and, and uh, you know, MultiView is a client of Staristas and, and you know, we, we hold you all in the highest regard and, and uh, you know, our business is better as a result of, of our relationship. So uh, really excited. Look at that. This is this is the best start of a podcast that I think we've ever had. You know, a great announcement from AJ. Uh, Andy just dropping that news on us. You know, we, we we don't have you on for that reason, Andy, but we appreciate that. You know, we, we, we love the work that we're doing with you. We love, uh, you know, you even more. So that's great news all, all around. We do we do value the partnership. Let's get into not only the partnership, let, let's get into multi-view tell me your role there tell me about multi-view and uh, i'd love to see i'd love to talk about your start at multi-view yeah so i was really fortunate earlier in my career to uh, make a, a good amount of money all things relative when you're in your late 20s and, and early 30s and so i was in a bit of a position to take a chance on on what i would call a startup and so as I looked around, I wanted somebody who was kind of providing transformation and uh, really disrupting a marketplace. And so uh, MultiView checked all those boxes for me. And, and so I joined over here. Um, I worked at Countrywide and Bank of America prior to being here. So um, I came over here as a sales manager and I led uh, probably 17 um, sales teams and about 150 sales reps and then was promoted through. And, uh, most recently I was our CRO and now have recently become our CEO as of August of this past year. So, um, it's been a great ride obviously for me and I can't, um, what I, what I'm really most excited about is that I've always been in kind of these sales roles and, and this gives me an opportunity in this role to work across all departments. And, and man, I tell you, we have some severely talented people here and, and, you know, I, I, I was a kind of aware of it, but now that I'm working with them on a day-to-day -day basis, I get a much, you know, better view of, of the actual talent across all departments. And so um, for that, I'm very grateful for the opportunity and, uh, and, and, and we're doing great things here. So I think we've got to continually try to push the envelope in order to, to stay relevant and, and to stay in first place. So. Yeah, I, I like that. And you know, what I like Andy is doing my research and I haven't seen much of this in the past, but you have been, you've been there for 12 years and you started there as a sales manager. And if you look, I love it, looking at your LinkedIn, it, it's the trajectory, the upward trajectory to, to, you know, turn into the CEO. Elaborate on that process. What was that like? Yeah. So MultiView is roughly 500 total employees and 60% and of those 500 are sales. And so at the end of the day, we are a sales organization. So um, it, it, it certainly makes sense for somebody of a sales mindset to be leading this company. Um, and, and, and we do have the mantra that everybody is in sales. It doesn't matter if you're in accounting or HR or IT or ops, everybody is in sales because um, nothing happens until something is sold, right? And so 
uh, that that's what allows us to have you know very talented accountants and and talent throughout our entire organization um it, you know really just uh i've been head of sales operations here i've been head of our partnerships team which is um multiviews partnered with 1200 leading associations across north america most of those are based in dc as you can imagine and um, that, that right there, so, so we've kind of got two sides of our business here. Um, we've got the association side of our business, and then you'll be happy to hear this. The other 50% AJ is programmatic. So um, sounds like we're going to be able to grow our relationship potentially uh, as you, you know, uh, bringing on your DSP. But, um, you know, it, it's been great. Uh, we were acquired in April of uh, this past year by the Stagwell Group. And they are a basically, they're a private equity that functions much like a holdings company. Every one of their companies is an agency that brings a different skill set to the table. So, um, you know, we're, we're the B2B play for them. And, and um, I can't tell you how great it's been to work with this particular group to help me make this transition from CRO to CEO. So it's been great. Great. That's, that's a great story, Andy. We were, Vincent and I were both fascinated by your background and how quickly you went from sales manager to CEO of a, such a large company. Tell us a little bit more about who you sell to who your uh, ideal clients look like for multi-view uh, we're b2b we don't we don't have a single b2c uh client um if we do it, it, it's it's a very small um we, we wouldn't handle the marketing for them but it, our business primarily is Five million dollar. It could be as little as a five million dollar annual revenue company, all the way up to uh, the Fortune 15, um, the top companies in the world. 3M, um, Siemens. Uh, we've even, you know, worked with Amazon in the past, Home Depot, things like that. It's amazing when you look really deep into these companies. They've all kind of got a bit of a B two B. Everybody wants to sell to companies, right? Um, and, and as opposed to the consumers, MultiView really what they did was is that they they kind of kicked off the digital transformation uh, for associations. What they did was is we all remember when we were members of an association, we used to get this thick book each year, and it was a buyer's guide. And what we did was is we said, hey, that we know the printing costs are are, are you know significant. And we can bring those online for you and we'll, we'll pay you a royalty um, on, on every collected sale that we make. And so what we do is we typically pay 20% royalty on every dollar collected. So it's great because um, these nonprofits are very dependent on, on other streams of revenue. So, you know, to your point, Andy, you're, you're absolutely right. As far as the B2B goes, you know, sometimes it's, it's account-based, right? So, People just focused on certain accounts. It's not like, hey, I want every you know woman and man who are eighteen to twenty four years old. Here's so it's really 
it's really, you know, targeted and focused. I want marketing managers. But I think on the B2B side, they're often a larger ticket item. I, I take great pride in finding a, a match or a lead or a buyer for my B2B clients because, you know, they are, it's usually subscription-based. There's software. I really take pride in helping, uh, you know, the business-to-business market. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, and I, it's, I wouldn't say feel your pain, right? But I feel, I, I, I feel what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and kind of Vincent and I have had the opportunity to talk. Um, and we both agree that the one, the one thing, that, there's two things that, that you really can't come back from bad data and, and bad strategy. So, um, and you got to get those right even more so in B2B, in my opinion. Um, you have less of an opportunity to, to prove yourself. So, um, which is, which is why we're partnered with Starista. So I've, I've got a good story that I, I want to tell. Um, we, we all get inundated with lead generation companies, right? I, 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 I beg to guess that I've probably had seven to 10 emails this morning about people offering me just this wonderful data and things like that. And we've got six and a half million B2B profiles. They're first party data. They're opt-in subscribers that we deliver content to on a weekly basis. Um, But obviously we want to grow those markets, right? And so therefore we're going to need uh, additional data um, to append our, our data, right? And so because there's so many lead generation companies out there and lead companies, as opposed to taking inbound inquiries, we created a panel of uh, the five smartest people at Multiview. And they came from all different departments. And we said, we want you all to stop doing what you're doing and go out and find the best data companies that you can find for Multiview. Well, of those five, four of them came back with Starista, and that's and that's how we wound up hooking up with Brian Gold. So, um, it, it's it's been a great relationship to date. Um, we couldn't be happier. We, we're looking to do more with you all, and um, the, the the quality of data that you all provide it is just it's off the charts. Andy, this is uh, this is definitely becoming the best podcast uh, recorded yet. So we're we're we've had to be back when our is a little lower. <laughs> Look, when when you, when you find somebody that has similar goals and, and kind of business values, it makes it much easier to work together. Um, and, and the importance of good data is is paramount to our business for sure. So. It's fascinating. Um, and, and one question I have for you related to that, not that we ever want uh, any other data company to get your attention, but what kind of emails do get past sort of your uh, junk or immediately delete filter and that you actually uh, respond to a cold outreach? What does it take for Andy Keats to respond to a cold outreach? Somebody that understands email marketing, um, I never understand why people send out like 800 word email marketing messages. Um, 
you should be straight and to the point. You should have a very concise message and, and a very clear offer. Um, it, the, I guess the things that I would avoid certainly are, I'll give you a good example. This morning alone, I got an email um, that, that said that I was in the fitness and sports industry. Well, I'm definitely not in either one of those. And, and uh, if I was, I don't think I would be CEO if, if, uh, if you've seen me with a shirt off. So um, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's, I think what, what would get my attention, it, again, it, it would be short to the point, um, not overselling it. But then, obviously, a good drip campaign has a consistency to it. And so I do pay attention to those because that's the business that we're in, right? And so I need to know what everybody else is doing, and we need to be on the forefront as to changing those messages, templates, styles, images, things like that. Um, and, and you certainly want to make sure that you're avoiding being blacklisted as well. So. Uh, if, if that were to happen to us, our, our business would take an enormous hit. So, again, the, the, the reason for why data is so important to multi-view, good, accurate data. Given how well um, oiled your sales machine is, would, would you mind sharing with the viewers what the sales structure looks like? Is it a lot of SDRs, account executives? We'd love to... Uh, share with our viewers how you've gone about building this sales machine. Yeah, it's with salespeople, it's important for them to have kind of a next, where, where am I going to next, right? If you just kind of put them in an area and say, hey, you know what, you're on Team Andy, and you're going to be selling the National Sheriff's Association's publication. Eventually, they're going to kind of burn out, so to speak. Um, so you always want to give them the opportunity to reach that next level. And with that next level always comes a little bit better opportunity. Um, so what we have is we have a program when they come in here and it's 12, week, 12 weeks long. And um, it, it's three weeks in the classroom and five weeks in a live environment and then four weeks under the tutelage of a sales director. And so it, it's a big commitment, but we hire directly out of primarily the big 12 schools um, and then also uh, Texas A&M, LSU, and Arkansas. Um, those three SEC schools happen to have sales programs that we're pretty well aligned with. And, and so the reason that we hire directly out of college is I don't want to have to fix somebody's bad habits um, and so it's better for me to get them in here and mold them the way I would like them to be molded or, or multi-view would like them to be molded. And, and from there, what they do is they have the opportunity. They can either go into an elite sales unit, which we call Clickland around here, which would be programmatic and PPC and um, uh, social media and, and sales like that, more enterprise level selling. Um, or they can become a sales director you know, some, some people are better coaches and teachers than they are salespeople. What I found is my very best salespeople are, are, are fairly poor sales managers. Um, they're selfish, typically by nature, which is fine. Um, it just, it, I haven't found 
that wonderful salesperson yet who's a great leader as well. So the kind of the last step would be to join the partnership team, which is our outside sales team that goes out and secures our association relationships. And so that that's kind of that's kind of the um, the golden egg of where everybody's trying to get to. Everybody wants. I don't know what the allure of DC is, but uh, I'm telling you, there's a lot of internal battling going on each day to try to get there. So, yeah, that, that's an interesting structure. And I, you know, there's a couple questions I have. One is, I mean, that's very interesting because of the schools that you're hiring out of it. You, that's something you have, you don't ever hear of is programs containing sales and sales, maybe as a major or coursework, a lot of people just kind of, you know, fall into sales or you're like, oh, you're a communications major. Oh, you're going to be in sales because you, you can speak to people or, uh, you know, you, you were a popular person <laughs> or, or I even had people say, oh, Vin, you must have not paid attention a lot in school because you're in sales. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, wait a minute, man. Like I did pay attention in school and I just like sales because I love, I, I love talking to people and I love being, you know, uh, you know, extroverted, but that's interesting that it's here that schools, cause my school did not have anything like that. As far as sales, Andy, do you get to do some selling if, uh, as the CEO, if you don't, do you miss it? Cause you, you know, you're a salesperson at heart. It seems like you kind of had, you came up in that uh, area. Absolutely. You can't ask somebody to do something you're not willing to do. Right. So I, I've got two sales calls uh, scheduled for this afternoon. Um, and, and am I on the phone, you know, uh, uh, generating, you know, uh, appointments and things like that? No. Will I do it to show them how to do it? Absolutely. But uh, for the most part, yeah, um, I'll, I'll get on the phone probably one to two times a day to sit there. I, I think it's a wonderful way for the person who owns the account and is trying to close the business to, to really teach them and is, you know, I don't think that there's a better way than in a live environment. So, um, I, I miss the selling, you know, like the full time. I always say that everybody in management wants to get back to sales and everybody in sales wants to get to management. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. It's our, our own CEO, AJ will graciously come on sales calls and opportunities and aj wouldn't wouldn't you say you were kind of the first salesperson here yeah it was the uh only one for a while and then we uh brought in uh, uh mr david bailey and then there were two of us of course now we have a much larger team but i i definitely enjoy the uh thrill of closing and AJ, it's important for, for, you know, yourself and, and I to be on these calls, um, you know, because these clients are important to our businesses and there's no better way to show that support. And because uh, it's not often, you know, even at mid-sized companies, uh, similar in size to Starista and Multiview, where the, you know, CEO is willing to get on the call. Uh, I don't know if it's out of fear um, uh, of losing the deal for the salesperson and, and taking a hit um on the on the reputation or what but i i know that it does wonders for the client relationship and and i want that client to have my cell phone number and and my direct line um because that you know what they're, they're always going to give you great feedback you know it's great when things are going great but i also want to know when things aren't going great yeah i agree with you on that uh 
cell phone point. It's a small gesture, and uh, but it goes a it goes a long way. And I encourage all of our uh, directors as well to make sure clients have their phone numbers and feel free to text them uh, if needed as well. So on, on kind of that point, Andy, how how different has it been during the coronavirus? I presume most of your employees are working from home. So what are you doing to keep everybody engaged and checked in? So this is where I'm so fortunate to have the talent and the creativity that, that exists in our, our building. I, I'm a lot of things, but um, I would say creative at times is is one of my weaknesses. And so I certainly have that shored up on my team um, by a, a gentleman named Yareev Drory, um, who's a fascinating uh, ad tech guy and also very creative. Um, but also in my sales management team, I have a lot of creativity. What are we doing? I mean, some of these things are pretty outrageous. Uh, everybody remembers the show MTV Cribs, right? Uh, and so we're having our own multi-view crib series. Um, we're doing things like that. Uh, we're doing how-to videos, you know. Uh, we've got people teaching other people how to cut hair for crying out loud, which is a kind of a scary thought. But I got to tell you, uh, I, I went ahead and took the plunge and did it myself. And, and, and the person did a great job of explaining it. Um, we, we're having talent shows. Um, Multiview has a spiff budget that we use for our sales teams each month. And another way to keep morale up is I think at this point, you know, we all either know somebody or, or our family has been impacted by this and maybe lost a, maybe lost a job or something along those lines. And so we, we, we've got about 40 to 50,000 that we will hand out what we call spiff dollars for making a sale or some, something to drive behavior, right? And the sales teams came to us and they said, we don't want the money. We want you all to buy groceries for our family members and things like that who have, uh, you know, fallen on hard times or, or maybe it's the neighbor across the street or something like that. So um, I, as CEO, like that, that just really kind of pulled on my heart that that's the kind of people that we have working for us that, it was their initiative to forego that money. When you got to understand our salespeople, you know, they're, they're down a little bit, not a lot. Um, you know, we're down probably seven to 9%. Um, but that's still, I mean, that, that, that seven to 10% could be a car payment or something like that. And, and they're willing to forego that money to help out their community. And it just, it, it says a lot about the character of people that we have. So. Hey, thanks for sharing that. I actually had no idea what SPIF meant until about a month ago. We finally had a CRO start. We're getting to that size. And that was one of the things he added on the sales deck and presentation. And I had to ask him what the heck SPIF is. So it seems like there's a CRO school where you learn about SPIFs and the <laughs> I grew up learning about sales. I think my dad realized that my DNA was not going to afford me the opportunity to play professional sports. And so I am the grandson of two, the, two of the first uh, car dealers in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And my father owned uh, roughly nine semi dealerships. And so 
um, when everybody else was getting lessons about from golf and, and football and tennis and basketball, I was getting selling lessons at about 12. So um, I, I learned early on about the power of the spiff. And so I got to tell you, I, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when he presented that. I, I don't know what kind of budget that he asked for, but it can certainly be uh, uh, overwhelming when you see that, that that's what they feel is necessary in order to drive um, you know, the behaviors that you're looking for to, to reach your goals. So. Yeah. I've, uh, I've always heard of spiff, but, uh, and I'm happy that it's, you know, now instilled here, which, uh, which is great. You know, uh, you know, Andy wanted to ask you about the, you know, how your marketing has changed during these times. Have you been reaching out to your customers in a different way, potential customers. Uh, talk to me about the associations as well. Is that taking a particular hit just based on the nature of that, their business? Love to learn a little bit more about it. Yeah, so the, the, the association space is, um, they're really going through a bit of a tough time. Um, you know, their conferences are roughly a third of their of their. Uh, income each year, and and many of them have not been able to, to um, you know, secure that those funds, and so, you know, we're doing all we all we can to support them. Um, our non-dues revenue programs have never been more important um, to them, and and really what we're doing now is is that you know associations inherently have rather small staffs and, and a large volunteer staff when it comes conference time. It can be a staff of anywhere from five to, to, to 50, but it's not often that you'll see uh, staffs of 100 unless you get into like, you know, AARP is enormous, obviously. National Association of Home Builders is enormous, and they'll have staffs in the hundreds, but um, they're kind of the anomaly when it comes to that. So there's that side that we're doing all we can to help, uh, but but it's really difficult if they're in retail or travel and hospitality right now. Right. And, and they're reaching out and, and, and needing help. And um, as a CEO, it, you know, we have X amount of activities that can go out of this building each day or out of our homes amongst our sales teams. And it, it, it's not necessarily the best use of any of our salespeople's time to be calling on travel and hospitality. Um, what we are doing is we've launched a new product re recently for virtual reality where people can <clears throat> kind of showcase um, th their properties and hotels and CVBs and things like that um, via video. And so we'll, we'll serve that programmatically after we've created a virtual reality video where they can scroll through it and, and kind of get a good uh, good idea as to what the property looks like. Um, we've only been doing it for a few weeks. Early signs are that, that it's a home run. Um, but, but uh, you know, you, I think that we all have to welcome change right now. Um, I think if anything, we've all gotten more efficient through this process, right? Um, some of these things that we've had on, on our books that are luxuries are, are, are things that we've had to separate ties with. Um, we, we've got a goal and everybody's kind of rallying around 
we want to come back with the same people that the same amount of people that we left with on March 16th. And to date, we've been able to do that so far. Um, so that's been a good thing to rally around. But uh, it's, it's, you know, and then obviously the client side, I think we're all kind of in it together. And, and I think just naturally there's compassion, right? But at the same time, and I hope you all feel the same way, there, there's a message that needs to be delivered, right? Um, that I find that after we came out of the financial recession, you've got you've got two kinds of marketers out there for the most part. You got ones that are that are aggressive, looking to grab more market share, and then you've got the ones that are kind of uh, a bit of a Machiavellian approach to their business, and they kind of want to hunker down and, and save the money, all the money that they can to to, to kind of make it through, weather the storm, so to speak. And so um, we, we've been fortunate to really work with that, that 50% who's trying to grab more market share, but also to, to go back and uh, change the messaging and maybe the strategy associated with those who have already committed to a spend, um, but, but are experiencing tough times. And so we're kind of flipping the strategy for them. So we're doing a lot of work for free, but you know what, it's, it's the right thing to do. And, and I think that, clients, when this is all said and done, you're going to fall in two buckets. You're going to be somebody who helped them or, or you're going to be somebody who didn't help them. Um, and, and, and so how important are those clients to you? And, and at Multiview, every client is important. No, I, I love, I love hearing that. And there's a, a number of things in there, if not all of them that resonated with me. You know, I wanted to start with I like the outside the box thinking of virtual. Well, now there's virtual events people have been attending, but showing, you know, as you did with your client there, showing a virtual view into their business. Uh, we have another client who handles nonprofits and museums. Well, how are you going to get people to a museum? You can't. Well, how about access virtually? conferences are changing. I was just speaking at a conference two days ago, selfish plug, about, <laughs> about, about data and the role that plays with sales and marketing coming together to create revenue chemistry. That's a selfish plug there, but I do have a, a good meaning about it, behind it. The conference that I went there, Andy, was completely virtual. They had this speed networking where I've never seen such a thing. It was like kind of speed dating. And it was every, you know, you got three minutes and you were face to face. You got to see their home. They got to see your home. And I, I talked to more people than I probably would have at an actual face to face conference. Now I still miss those, but you're right. And, and it's, things are changing. You have to adapt and at the end of the day, I love what you said. You have to, there's going to be, you're going to be seen in two different ways. And we want to be seen as the company that has, have been helping people. I had a campaign that I ran for a client and they were offering, it was, you know, AAA coverage for first responders. And 
we offered a free send, uh, a free resend for them. Just not not prompted, not because oh, or, you know, you know, we, you know, oh, after the fact. No, this was before, and we said, hey, like we think that this this is something great. It's coverage. It's a discounted rate. It's for first responders. Let's do that. And it's kind of among other things, but it's kind of that thinking that's going to get you through this. And, and also a, a CEO that keeps you motivated, like you're doing, like AJ's doing. AJ constantly, you'll probably see AJ CEOs out there saying, we didn't let anyone go. We didn't do this. Well, why not just, why not focus on other things? Why not focus on all the good you're doing? Why not focus on the morale boosting and the talent shows that you're doing. So that's kind of what I got from that. That's awesome. That really is. And none of us know if we're doing a great job of it, right, AJ? Like it's uh, just because we think it's a good idea. You have to hope it resonates with your, with your diverse employee set, you know? Um, so. It, yeah, for sure. It's, it's very hard to uh, know, uh, especially when you get to the larger sizes in a company, uh, you you think you're doing something that everyone will love, but uh, there's uh, there's always somebody who uh, does not does, really does not want to be there in the karaoke night, you know. So, so any one of the questions I had for you was, uh, I know you guys do a lot in the programmatic space, and uh, I don't know much about that side of your business, but would love to know on what trends you're seeing in programmatic and where are the gaps that you're looking to fill? Yeah, the the programmatic. So we talked a little earlier about B2B uh, kind of having a struggle for scale, right? And and that's what programmatic did for us was it, it allowed us to find scale um, along with things like social media, like LinkedIn. Um, you you know, oftentimes you can be the leading association in this in the space, but you may only have thirty five percent of the professionals as as your member base, and so uh, that means that there's you know sixty five percent that you're not reaching by delivering content. And so, uh, programmatic gave us that ability to to reach that audience, and and what it also does is um, it helps us help our nonprofits by driving membership. Um, it's really just about keeping the association brand in front of them and letting them know what they're doing. Um, obviously, any dues paying or, or member organization is always going to be dependent on dues, first and foremost. And so we feel that we have a responsibility to continually drive uh, members to, to the associations that we're partnered with. You know, the difference about the U.S. and Europe is, is that if if you're talking about the uh, metallurgy standards, you know, the associations are deciding that here in North America, but in Europe, it's the government. And so um, they they play a vital role in, in these industries. So. And no, no, I, I definitely agree. A couple more questions uh, before we have to you know, wrap this up within uh, within the hour. That's how that's how awesome and and quick we we moved through this, Andy. That's uh, and this is our first time meeting. I felt like we've we've known each other for a long time. Your view in the next six months on your plans 
at MultiView. What, what are you going to be doing? You know, uh, did you attend conferences in the past? What, what's that going to look like for you the next six, seven months as we, we round up the uh, end of the year? Sure. Uh, first off, what I'm about to say may not be the case in 30 days. You know, I think that's kind of the point that we're at. Um, it, I'm optimistic. Um, we serve eight different verticals. Four of them are doing well. Four of them are, are, are hurting significantly. Um, as, as far was the question more about what we're going to do for marketing multi-view or for just our business in general? Could be both or, or, or either, whichever one you prefer. You know, I, I don't know if you all are seeing this. I think during this time when everybody's been at home, I think it's important to build brand equity um, and a little less focus on conversions as in PPC and things like that that are, that are going to kind of drive through the bottom of the funnel. I think that everybody has an opportunity to kind of really put new people into their funnel. Um, and, and the smart ones are, are doing so. Um, everybody's at home. And I got to tell you, everybody's online. Right now, uh, the content that we deliver, the six and a half million B2B um, uh, that we serve content to on a weekly basis, that kind of bounces between 31 and 33% open rate or engaging with that content. Well, since we've gone home, um, it, it, that, that's gone to 46%. So, you know, that, 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 that means that people are looking to sources that they trust right now. Um, oftentimes that's the association that they're turning to for guidance. And, and so that's why our business is fairly well positioned to kind of weather a storm like this pandemic. I don't know for how long, but we've been successful in doing so, so far. Um, when it comes to marketing, I think social media is undervalued right now. Um, you know, we all have um, wives and, and, and husbands and, and just significant others. And we see them like, like I know my wife is probably on social media more now than, 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 you know, uh, in what I would call normal times. And, um, I know Facebook's traffic is up significantly. Instagram's is up significantly and LinkedIn's is as well. I, I, I'm assuming it's because there's been so many layoffs that people are looking for jobs. Um, but, uh, nevertheless, um, so really, but at the end of the day, the, the, the best play, in my opinion, is content. It, it really gives a view as to who you are, what your values are, and, and what you deem to be important right now. Um, I would encourage everybody to kind of ungate the content. You're battling for eyes right now, right? And so... I know that that goes against everything that we believe in as marketers uh, to ungate the content, but there's so many options out there right now that if I, if, if it's the difference between, you know, clicking on it and, and being taken to another page and filling something out and then having it downloaded and sent to you, I just don't know that you're going to get the same consumption and brand equity, um, that you would if you didn't gate it and you just gave it to everybody right now. Yeah. And I, I, we've been seeing a lot of companies do that 
we've been, you know, even at, we discussed, we have children, ABC mouse did that. It used to be that you had to pay for it, but there's so much education going on at the home where they ungated it. And I think that's that I'll remember that. Yeah. And I'll remember that when they go back to a paid service, my son's doing things with that. I'm like, you know, it's little things like that. It's not only the, you know, on the business side, that makes sense, but you know, on, on the consumer side as well. And, and, and to that, you know, making sure because people are at home, making sure marketers are able to market to people at home, send a B2B direct mail piece to someone at home if you want to reach that marketing manager or technology manager. So, yeah, no, that's those are some awesome final thoughts. We have about a minute left. Really quick, Andy. And our holiday party. AJ thought I was going to forget this. Here's the the quick ping pong story. AJ has his own ping pong table. He sets up a tournament every single year. I've only played ping pong twice my whole life. Nah, man, I don't want to play. Come on, let me just have a few drinks. He schedules me to play him, thinking it's an easy out. Best of three. I smoke him two games in a row. This wasn't like 11 to 9. This was like 11 to 3, 11 to 2. And the rest is history. And that's the first time I told that on the air. It still bothers him every day. But (laughs) you know, Winston, at least people think I'm naturally funny. That over you. Yes, yes. You know, I am. uh, I'm forced funny, apparently, Andy. But (laughs) that is the story. This has been awesome. Andy, we not only appreciate you jumping on, but we appreciate the partnership that we have for Multiview. We appreciate all the kind words. We appreciate your insight. This has been this has been exciting, and, and you know we'd love to uh, love to have you back on a future episode. This has been awesome. Hey, thank you guys. And uh, look, I, I, I do want to say that again that you know it is partnerships like Staristas that that make MultiView a better company. Um, it, it, you guys play a vital role in our success. And uh, I'm very grateful for, for the talent, the professionalism, and, and, and ultimately the product that you deliver. So thank you. Thanks, Andy. And we look forward to hopefully uh, grabbing a drink in better times uh, soon in uh, Dallas or San Antonio. That would be excellent. My treat. I love it. Thank you so much, Andy. This has been another episode of The Marketing Stir. I'm Vincent Petrofessa. That's AJ Gupta. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email us at info at themarketingstir.com. Thanks for listening.